Hey guys, this is Craig, and I'd like to welcome you to the Rebel Soul Syndicate. Thanks for hanging out with me on the podcast, man. I really appreciate your presence here. So yeah, thanks for spending your time. I want to talk to you today about um, the idea of gnosis and the the idea and the understanding that the spiritual path is something that is present within, right? Present within the the uh, individual, right? The the kingdom of God is within you, and so I really want to talk to you a little bit about that today. Before I jump into that, let me just say, if you're not following the Rebel Soul Syndicate on Facebook and Instagram, man, please go and do that. I would love to know that you're out there. I would love to know that you're listening, and you know, to hear your thoughts, right? So I'm most active on Instagram. So if that's a social media platform that you're already present on, look up the Rebel. Soul Syndicate, and please, please follow me there. I'd love to know that you're out there. Comment on the, on a, um, a post or pop me a DM, whatever. Just let me know that you're there. Also, for those of you that don't know, I have a second podcast as well called The Empowered Male, and um, it is a, a podcast really geared towards midlife men and uh, those that are try- trying to kind of uh, traverse those waters, right? Um, I've been through a significant amount of change in the past year, and uh, I've l- really learned a lot from it. I've met a lot of really great people that have also uh, given me a lot of a lot of uh, wisdom, and so I, I'm sharing a lot of that kind of stuff over on that platform. And uh, you can also find so the podcast is available on Apple, uh, Spotify, Audible, you know, Google Play. It's everywhere, and um, you can follow the uh, Empowered Mail on um, um, Instagram as well, right? And so do that. And for those of you that are interested, I mean, what I'm doing really in life at this point is helping uh, men in their midlife kind of travel through those waters, maybe reclaim their soul or reclaim their mind or or their their masculinity, whatever it is, because it's difficult, right? When you go through life, it's difficult. And so I'm doing a lot of work around that um, on that platform. And so if you're interested in working with me, please, um, yeah, let me know. The best way to do that is a couple of ways, right? You can email me Craig K Hostetler at gmail.com or the empowered mail.email at gmail.com, or you can DM me on whatever social media platform you're present on. So let's talk a little bit about something we've talked about before, but it's a subject that, that we need to explore. And, and here it is. As I study a variety of spiritual paths, there seems to be one thing present within the initiator of that path. Um, Like Jesus or Buddha or the major prophets of that path um, and the true followers, and there's this commonality. They all follow the deeper inner resonance, right? The voice, um, the leading, the conviction, what they believe to be God speaking to them. And the reason that I think this is really, really important is because in in seeking a spiritual path, right, or in trying to discover God, oftentimes our inner compass is mitigated, right? And we are asked to follow the, the, the ideas of someone else, the a book or a system, um, that kind of thing. And, and for most of you listening to me, your tradition is predominantly Christian, which is a beautiful tradition. In fact, I think prior to its kidnapping, right, by governments and theology and doctrines and weirdos, <laughs> um, it may be probably the most ecstatic or interpersonal um, 
the the most dynamically spiritual belief system on the planet. Uh, and I know that that's a big statement, but Christianity is housed in the idea of a direct connection with the divine. Sadly, through the centuries, uh, that faith system lost that connection and began to rely heavily on the ideas of others as well as a systematic theology. Now, there's thousands of systematic theologies, whether it's Catholicism, Calvinism, Methodist, Baptist, Pentecostal, um, Free Methodist, right? Presbyterian. I mean, there's just hundreds and hundreds upon hundreds of them. I think there's like 30,000 denominations in that, in that tradition. And um, it relies predominantly on that. It also relies predominantly on a book called the Bible. I know that a lot of, a lot of people have different ideas about that book. What I could best do for you, the best the way I, that I could serve you concerning that book, is to get a book called um, "What Is the Bible" or "What's in the Bible." It's by Rob Bell. I'm probably butchering the title a bit, but but it's something along those lines, and that's a fascinating and very um, enlightening book. And I would really encourage you to do that. But a lot of that relies on that book and then someone's interpretation of that book, which is. Um, a shame. If you're going to use the Bible as the basis of your faith, you really need to become an excellent student of that. Now, what does that mean? That you need to take Greek or something like that? It doesn't mean that at all. But it does mean that you need to understand what each letter represents, who it was written to, and why it was written to them, and how much of it is still applicable to you and I today. And a lot of those, uh, a lot of that information is found in just a good study Bible, right? Those first few pages before uh, a book, uh, like First or Second Corinthians or Romans, right? There's a lot of information housed in those, um, in those pages that tell you a lot about the book and why why it was written. If you would just pay attention to those, you'd be miles ahead of ninety percent of the Christians who base their faith on that book. That being said, um, have you ever heard a new thing? someone says something or you read something that you've never heard before, but it really resonates deeply within you. And you sort of felt as if you, you kind of knew it all along. And it was sort of like God had granted you some foreordained knowledge, right? Um, as, as if the knowing came from something ethereal, not a book, not a teacher, but an inner insight. Maybe you had a dream or maybe you, it was something you heard in a song or it was something that you heard in a message, maybe while doing just some regular everyday task, driving or shopping or whatever. And you just sort of conceived like this revelation, right? And it was something personal um, and spiritual, but it was like an aha moment. And some traditions call this intuition. But within the Christian tradition, and and um, really within every tradition, it, it really has a formal word, and that word is gnosis. And gnosis would be um, what we see unfolding in the life of Peter and Paul, right? Apostles within the Christian tradition, or even a guy, and, and the reason I'm using something outside of that tradition is to illuminate to you that it happens in a variety of traditions, but even in a guy like Siddhartha Gautama, who was uh, later called the Buddha. And Gnosis defined would be esoteric knowledge of spiritual truth, revealed knowledge from the spirit. Now, for a lot of us, most of us in the uh, the the Christian tradition, we've been taught that gnosis, though that particular word 
probably wasn't used, but that type of knowing or leading, that inner guidance, that inner compass was a bad thing. And more times than not, uh, they killed the spirit of God for the, the letter of the law, right? Usually there's a letter calling it a doctrinal statement or a sound doctrine or something of that nature that really almost kind of forbids your own seeking or your own spiritual path or your own finding out of truth. And I think that that's an abominable thing within the Christian tradition because so much of that tradition was based on Gnosis. That's the inception of it. That's the that's the basis of it. Now, certainly Christ is the the um, certainly Christ is the basis of that tradition, right? He's the inception of that tradition. But the following or the unfolding of that tradition. Um, the following and the unfolding of that tradition was based on Gnosis. And we see this over and over and over, right? But, but if we look at the very interesting dynamic of Christianity in the New Testament, the Bible is full of a spiritual path that is a dynamic interrelation between God and man. And Gnosis is intensely prevalent everywhere. And it starts from the very beginning, right? Mary is what? The Virgin Mary is visited by an angel and she has a conversation with an angel. And it, it, I mean, imagine the audacity of this, the the intensity of this, the outlandishness of this, but that's the basis of the Christian tradition. It starts with that, right? Mary has a conversation with a with an angel and she conceives a child, right? Luke chapter one, in the sixth month, the angel of Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin um, engaged to a man whose name was Joseph, the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was really perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son and his name will be Jesus. So she has this whole interaction with this angel all based on what a very spiritually dynamic event now the reason that this is a little disconcerting is because within christianity today we're not really allowed to have uniquely spiritual experiences we're not allowed to receive messages from angels right or have interaction with angels we see gnosis in action again in matthew 16 um and this is the exchange between Peter and Jesus. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the son of man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you, Jesus asked, who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered, you're the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. That is gnosis in action. That is knowledge from experience, especially experience with divinity beyond the five senses. So the word gnosis doesn't refer to knowledge received by external indoctrination. This is why Jesus said flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. What Jesus is literally telling Peter is you didn't learn this. You didn't conceive this by a series of truths that were told to you. This was a divinely inspired word from God given to you in your, in your spirit. And the reason that that matters is because a lot of us 
our spiritual experience isn't one that's very static. It isn't one that's very dynamic. It isn't one that's full of revelation. It isn't one that's full of conceived truth direct from divinity. In fact, in a lot of ways, we reject that kind of esoteric knowledge, but that is the inception of Christianity. That's the inception of the spiritual path. Richard Smalley in his book called the uh, called Inner Christianity, which is an excellent book, I can't recommend it enough, says esotericism teaches that the world within us is as rich and diverse as the outer world and consists of many different levels. Um, Luke chapter 10 says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, um, with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind, right? So a lot of the dynamic within Christianity is an a very um, internal revelation. It's an internal relationship. And a lot of things are happening between God and you internally. Um, Second Corinthians says, um, was it Second Corinthians I'm thinking? Yeah, um, says examine yourselves to see whether you're in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you? And so we have a lot of those illustrations where the Bible talks about um God being within us, that our mind is governed, Romans 8 and 7, our mind is governed by God and, and him being in us. John chapter 14 says the spirit of truth, the world is unable to receive him because it doesn't see him or know him, but you do know him because he remains with you and he will be in you. So it's, it's critically important to understand that the Christian path is not a path of rules and regulations. The Christian path is not a path of systematic theology. The Christian path is not a path of hard doctrines. It never has been. It's always been a mess. It's always been a disaster. It's always been an amalgamation of ideas coming together to form a belief system. And that belief system has varied from group to group to group to group. It always did. The entire New Testament is the, um, the discovering of who Jesus is and how to believe in him and what it all means. Spirituality isn't to be learned um, by the means of this world, but instead it's by turning um, inward and having a really divine and true relationship with God. Uh, Meister Eckhart, who was um, a very important person within the Christian tradition, said, Spirituality is not to be learned by flight from the world or by running away from things or by turning solitary and going apart from the world. Rather, we must learn from an inner solitude wherever or with whom of, whomever we may be. We must learn to penetrate the things and find God there. So within Christianity, it's always been believed that this relationship with God is a dynamic, static relationship, that the Christ consciousness that we have is powerful. Even the book of Romans, the apostle Paul said, um, don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So even the apostle Paul says, our minds are being renewed and changed and challenged every single day. I wonder how many of us realize that we are really the temple of the living God. I wonder how many of us realize that God is alive within us. The Apostle Paul is another one who said um, in 1 Corinthians 3, surely you know that you're God's temple and his spirit lives in you. 
or Galatians 2, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And so even the Apostle Paul is teaching something very powerful. It's not me who lives, but it's God living in me. It's not me who says the things that I say, but it's God speaking them through me. The revelations and the ideas I have about God aren't learned through the conception of man's laws and ideas, but they're learned by the conceiving of the Spirit of God and what he is birthing within me. Now, if those things are true for the early church, if they're true for the early Christians, if they're true for someone like the Apostle Paul, who wants us to follow Christ the way that he did, then why do we deny this esoteric way of, of discovering God? Why do we not deny the individuality of every believer to have a dynamic relationship with the living God? Why are we so based on systematic theology? Why does everybody have to believe exactly the same way when they never ever have before and they still don't? We have thousands of years of Christianity and we're as divided as we've ever been. We have thousands of years of Christianity and still haven't come to a common place where there's one truth for everyone. And there's a reason for that. That's not the design. This is an individualized relationship with a supposed living God. And so to have a powerful relationship with God, to have a true experience with Christ, is to have a personal relationship with him. Not one based on the ideas of someone else. Not one based on the systematic theology of an institution or an individual or a church. But to have a belief system that is personal. That is derived in our hearts from God himself. That's the passion of a soul. Like filled with rebel tendencies that's the passion of a soul that doesn't want to line up with status quo but wants to have something you know that fire of the holy spirit that the bible talks about you know one of the things that i see occurring and one of the things that i really believe that is destroying the religion that is christianity is the dead decay of be just like me one of the things that's really destroying this faith is that everyone argues that they've got it right when in reality, none of us do. This is a path and it's not unlike any other spiritual path. It's exactly the same whether you like it or not. And it's a mode of self-discovery, of personal experience, of reading the Bible and studying it for yourself to discover what you think it's trying to say to you. Thanks so much for hanging out with me on the podcast today, man. I really appreciate it. And um, hey, if you have questions, if you have concerns, if you have comments, if you need more information, you can always reach out. Um, find the Rebel Soul Syndicate on Instagram. Pop me a DM. Love to hear from you. Have a great day, guys. Done. Done. <laughs>